Welcome to the Second Stringers NBA podcast. We're approaching the twilight um, era of the NBA season as some teams fight for their playoff seating. Uh, some teams fight to sneak their way back into the playoffs, and some are just simply losing just to get to the bottom. Um, as we get to the end of the season, things get a little bit excited, especially with this Western Conference playoff uh, seating race heating up. Sean, what do you think so far? Well, um, I think this is going to really come right down to the wire. I mean, uh, teams 3 through 10 right now all have a chance to be any one of those seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, we got to talk about the Clippers to start off first. I mean, an incredible game with huge implications for playoff seeding against mm-hmm. the Denver Nuggets uh, just happened Tuesday night. And, man, I got to say, as a Clipper fan, that might have been my favorite Clipper game of all time. I mean, as, a, as an NBA fan, I got to say that was like one of the most exciting games this season thus far. Um, and what makes a game exciting is sometimes you have uncharacteristic heroes come out of nowhere. And this game had one of the biggest in, I don't even know his... Literally. <laughs> what? Yeah, what is his full name? It's I mean, everybody's calling him Bobin, and that's how I know of him now. Yeah, it's, but he it's went, Bobin. <laughs> yeah, but he went out there looking like the second coming of Shaq, just dominating the paint. Um, essentially making Jokic look like a standard average NBA defender out there. He was just dunking on him, finding the ball, uh, rebounding. What an exciting game. And it came Incredible. at a perfect time for the Clippers who who needed this win to get them, get themselves back into playoff picture and also get one game above the Nuggets if it comes down to a tie at the end of the at the end of the season. Yeah, that's all looking very likely. So for those of you who weren't fortunate enough to have seen this game unfold, um, it was really just looking like a blowout. I mean, the Nuggets, mm-hmm. when they're at home, they're just one of the best teams in the NBA. On the road, they're not so good, which is why they're still hovering around 500. But mm-hmm. up 19 uh, with four minutes to go in the third quarter, Doc Rivers just puts in Bobin. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why he decided to do that. Maybe he knew it would happen. Maybe he thought the game was already over. But yeah. for whatever reason... This man was literally unstoppable, and I cannot say enough nice things about him right now. Oh my gosh, he yeah, like Jokic didn't know what to do with him. Like they didn't know. He, they're like his guy's so big. What do you do? Yeah, it was unreal. Like just they, he was doing whatever he wanted in the paint. I mean, they would call the and it was just simple pick and roll plays, and they right. were finding him, and nobody <laughs> was able to stop him. It's like you can't reach up and guard the guy. Like he's a he's like a head taller than like their center, which is right. just absurd. Yeah, we're looking at a uh, Bobin at seven foot three. I'm I'm not sure what his weight is. It's got to be what somewhere around two twenty. No, maybe uh, two forty. I, I bet it's more because like he's actually pretty muscular. Like he's yeah. pretty toned. Um, but man, he's awesome. And yeah. dude, huge credit to the Clippers for fighting their way back into that one. Yeah, he played most of that fourth quarter, other than like the last or just the portion there 30 like seconds the last or so. minute they took him out for a few possessions and they almost lost the game because austin rivers is trying to lose it oh i know that was that was odd to me how you go for the last play um is a austin rivers corner three that misses and then on the inbound pass you give it again to austin rivers who of course misses a free throw but Fortunately for them, Jamal Murray throws that ball away. Or really, Montrez Harrell was the one who got got his hand yeah, well, on the Austin ball. Well, Austin Rivers actually was the one to steal it, um, like oh. strip him. And then uh, I think it was Tobias Harris or somebody, maybe Harrell too, um, that actually grabbed the, the steal. But yeah, you mm. have Austin Rivers in the game as a 64% free throw shooter. <sighs> and when you have to make free throws and you pass him the ball... It's just none of it made sense to me. I was like, are we trying to lose this game that we were destined to win? Like, yeah, eh, everything about it. It made me so angry. I was yelling at the TV. I was like, you have to be kidding me. Yeah, Austin I'm River not, sucks. Yeah, I don't know what the thinking was there. I don't know why he was even in this game. I mean, if it were me, I I mean, you throw the you look for Tobias Harris and Lou Williams on every possession, especially in a late game situation where, you know, the Nuggets are looking to foul. Right. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> terrible. But hey, I mean, the Clippers are rolling well, and they're actually honestly doing a lot better than Detroit is after that Blake Griffin trade. Um, yeah. I kind of ha- have to eat my own words here. I thought the Clippers were done for, and that right. the Detroit definitely won this trade. But 
I mean, hey, Blake versus Tobias. Uh, Blake Griffin on Detroit, he's averaging through 11 games 19.3 points, uh, 6.6 rebounds, and 5.4 assists. Uh, you have Tobias Harris on the other side averaging 18.1 points, 7.2 assists, or rebounds, sorry, and 3.1 assists. Um, not too bad. Yeah, and I think the the thing here that's interesting is Tobias Harris is shooting 41% from three right now on this Clipper team compared to yeah. Blake Griffin shooting 27%. And I think that has a lot. That's what that's what's really helped this Clipper team is they got more flow. They got the ball moving better. They got people shooting. They, they had opened up space for Lou Williams. Um, and, of course, some easy alley-oops for DeAndre Jordan and a big game from Bobin. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Bobin was a part of that trade. Everyone thought he was just the throw-in, but... Maybe he was the secret weapon that Jerry West was eyeing the entire time. <laughs> Possibly. But, I mean, kudos to this Clipper team. I mean, we're talking about a team that at one point lost six games in a row um, and has had basically almost every single guy on the squad injured or and missing more than, like, two, even three games at some point. I mean, this is the list that I can remember. You got Austin <laughs> Rivers. Blake Griffin, Patrick Beverly, Denali Gallinari, DeAndre Jordan himself also missing yeah. games. Every Bradley, um, even a rookie who's hardly gotten any playing time, <laughs> Jawan Evans, and of course, Milos Teodestic, who lost some playing time um, in that first half of the season. Right. But incredible for them to still hold it off and be back in playoff picture. But as we speak, they are down by 20 against the Rockets. So that would um, knock them no, out of the yeah, eighth the seed. Yeah, nu- the Nuggets would be the eighth seed uh, outright at that point. Half game lead yeah. on that. But they're right there, and um, even if they lose tonight, they're still they they're still pretty close with one more game against the Denver Nuggets later on this season. Two against the Pelicans, and two against the Trailblazers, and those will be must wins for them to get themselves back in that playoff picture. Yeah, those are all very winnable games, I think, for this team. Uh, mm-hmm. They've already proven that they can beat the Nuggets, uh, even having a bad game. Uh, the Pelicans they have the Anthony Davis factor, but I think the Clippers have a lot more depth. Even with all the injuries, surprisingly, like they're actually able to pull it out. Uh, the Blazers will be an interesting matchup, too. Uh, the Clippers are really good at letting the superstars do their thing. Uh, Damian yeah. Lillard, really, he's going to score a lot on them. But, yeah, you- hey, it's a big race. I'm excited. Yeah, and um, the team on the other side of that is, of course, the Denver Nuggets, who, with the Clipper loss, and I will be holding on tightly to that eighth seed. Unfortunately um, for them, they got Paul Millsap back, but... Didn't do much for them against the Clipper team, but hey, we still got they still got 22 games left or 21 games left. Eight of those, though, are at home, so you're looking at more than half of those on the road. Ooh, what do you yeah, think, Nuggets? Honestly, I mean, what do you think, Sean? <laughs> what do you think, Nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> you can call me Nuggets now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't think this looks good for them. Uh, no. I mentioned it before, they're really good at home, they're really bad on the road. It's a mm-hmm. huge split. They're actually the best team at home, uh, I think, in the entire league, and you only have eight of those left. Um, so we'll say they go seven and one. And on the other side, you're looking at them losing like 15 out of 21 road games. Like yeah. maybe not 15. That's a lot, but <laughs> I can see them definitely going under 500 for the second for for the all these 21 games combined, and that's not going to keep them up with uh, the rest of the West at this point. Yeah, it's a it's a young team as well, and I mean the saying always goes that young players are always inconsistent and they're also bad on the road. Um, as I mean, there's several factors for that. I guess it's just they don't know how to deal with the fans or the road life, but whatever it may be, uh, the Nuggets definitely have a couple things going against them. So it'll be interesting to see if they hold this up and how they respond right. after losing this close game against the Clippers. Yeah, but, that's like a morale killer. Mm-hmm. But how about this? How about the Pelicans? You know, they lose to Marcus oh, Cousins, man. their star, and they're they're all, they're by far proving everybody wrong. Anthony Davis having a big role in these games that they've won, and fortunately for them, they're sitting in the sixth seed. How long they hold on to that, uh, we'll we'll see it. But they're a good good thing for them, though. They're only a half game away from the top five, but they're also one game away from falling back to the eighth seed. Yeah, but, I mean, Anthony Davis is just playing like an absolute animal right now. He's playing with a passion and motivation because he knows, like, this is his team and he's got to carry them. 
mm-hmm. not having made the playoffs like man playoff anthony davis is gonna be insane to watch i hope they make it and they just yeah. had a huge win against the spurs tonight right um yeah huge win yeah i mean we haven't seen anthony davis in the playoffs since basically 2012 2000 no 2014 right 2014 uh, i'm thinking yeah yeah i think so it's, it's been a while been a while since... yeah yeah, so last time we saw him, he was a young pup, and I mean, it's time you, to get this get this fully grown man in the playoffs already. <laughs> He's see a if fully he can, grown man. <laughs> yeah, see if he can take one win against the Warriors or the Houston Rockets, or I mean, who knows who gets that third seed? That third seed is pretty much up for grabs. But say I they know, stay in fifth. Yeah, that's, and hey, they signed Emeka Okafor for the rest of the season. That's exciting, right? Yeah, old man Emeka Okafor. That's a name probably most people haven't heard. But yeah, talk about this signing, Sean. You think it's a good one, or what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's good. I mean, I don't think he's gonna give you anything crazy. Like he's not gonna go off like a Bobin would. He doesn't have mm-hmm. the Bobin factor, but he's he's just a solid role player. Um, I'm sure he's really motivated. It's his first NBA action since 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy for the guy. I mean, it's actually the second time we've mentioned him on the podcast. First time being when he was wearing that SpongeBob jersey uh, <laughs> for the G League squad. Yeah, definitely come a long way since that. Um, so, right. but how about this? Anthony Davis in the last six games has been averaging 42 points, 54 percent shooting, 39 percent shooting from three, 82 percent from the free throw line, 15 <laughs> rebounds alongside three blocks. This is Super Saiyan Anthony Davis, and with 21 games left, can this man keep this pace going? I, I got to ask you this, like, some, pretty seriously. This is a serious question I'm about to ask you. Okay. How how good are his MVP chances at this point? That's a good question. Um, I mean, you how can you not think about that when looking at these numbers? But it's it's hard to put him... I mean, he's it puts him definitely in the conversation, but does he beat out James Harden? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't like, think so. James Harden's it, been doing it all season. I'm sure Anthony Davis has been good all season too, but now he's just breaking loose. Like, definitely over the last month, I'd give the MVP to Anthony Davis for yeah. sure. But, man, like, if he keeps doing this for the rest of the regular season and, like, the Pelicans end up being the third seed in the West, like... I feel like he has a really strong argument. Insane to say. Like, just leaping out of nowhere. Like, we didn't even mention him in a top five MVP candidate halfway through the season. Yeah. Now I feel like he's, like, second or third on that on that list. Yeah. I mean, if he gets that third seed, yeah, I'll give you that. Then he he's – I don't know if I'd still give it to him, though. He's second no. for sure. I don't know if um, I yeah, still give it to him. Yeah, second for sure, which is tough, too, because LeBron just averaged a triple-double in this month also. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the Cavaliers are right there oh, holding. Man. They've been holding on to that third seed despite everything they've gone through all season. Yeah. This, it's it, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tighter than people think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a monstrous string of performances. But Anthony Davis, if anything, has solidified. I mean, I feel like people kind of forgot the amount of talent this guy has. When you talked, I mean, at the beginning of the year, our top five players had Kyrie Irving in there. And some people were willing to throw Christoph Porzingis in there. Right. And I mean, we all forgot about Anthony Davis. I mean, I think Anthony Davis, he's a near seven footer. He can handle the ball. He can shoot from three. I mean, he's, let's be honest, he's got more talent in him than Kyrie Irving and Christoph Uh Porzingis, in my opinion. And I think he, he was a little... I think he must have been offended by that, and he he's finally <laughs> let loose, and he's he's making his mark again, basically, as, you know what, I'm Anthony Davis, and I'm a top five player in this league. Oh, completely. And on the on the note of other teams in the West fighting for position, uh, <laughs> the Spurs' LaMarcus Aldridge just sprained his ankle tonight in that Pelicans game. I don't know oh. if you saw that, but that's going to put a real – that's going to be a really big hit for the Spurs um, if he misses multiple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we want to talk about the Clippers, the things they've been through, still holding on. Uh, the Cavaliers still holding on. This Pelicans team holding on. But really, the Spurs have been, they've had 
some string of bad luck on their side and still <laughs> almost nobody acknowledges that they're still a top three team and have been for the greater part of this season. But right. this blow to LaMarcus Aldridge might just be the last swipe that this team can handle, I think. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go down the set to the seventh seed if they don't get him back as soon as possible. Right. And, I mean, you want to think it's just next man up for the Spurs, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they just always are able to replace guys. But I don't see who you replace LaMarcus Aldridge with on that team. Yeah, I guess you, do you move Rudy Gay down to the four and you play Paul Gasol at the five. That'd be a pretty small uh, lineup. Yeah, that's a tiny lineup. I'm not sure. I mean, as you saw, they lost against the Pelicans, and they're going to face a couple of hungry Western Conference teams still left in the in the tw- in their 20 yeah. game schedule. So there really aren't going to be many nights off for this team. And they, I mean, they're a great defensive team, and they can steal victories as they did against the Cavaliers. But it's going to get tough to score the ball without Lamarcus Aldridge in that lineup. Yeah, nobody's spot is safe in this wild west, man. This is this is exciting stuff. This is exactly what the NBA wants. This is going to boost their ratings so much. Yeah, and what's funny is I mean, it's just it just goes to show you how long this NBA season is because over the summertime, <laughs> we kind of visualized this happening and the season got started and it looked like it was going to happen all year and then we hit a spot where it looked like the seas were already set. Yeah, um, and true. there wasn't going to be much movement. And all of a sudden, things got a little bit closer, and then a gap grew. And now, all of a sudden, it's exactly the – it's more than what we visualize, actually, because Utah <laughs> is still in this yeah, race. Yeah, <laughs> freaking Utah, man. They won't go away. Yeah, and I thought the race was going to come down to six, six, seven, and 8 and 9, but we're looking all the way up until the third seed <laughs> yeah. is still up for grabs. Right, man. Home, that's huge. Home court advantage is going to be decided by just one game for a lot of these teams. Yeah, but how about the other side? Let's flip it around and talk about the ongoing tankathon. Um, how oh, polarizing yeah. of the NBA to when you have like the hottest NBA action going on right now with people fighting for the <laughs> seeds. At the, on the other end, you also have some of the worst basketball we've seen from a string of teams uh, playing, and that you got the Chicago Bulls, the Kings, the Magic, Memphis, and the Phoenix Suns all battling to. For the right to be the worst team in the league. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, let's throw in the, the Hawks, the Nets, and the, oh. uh, the Mavericks into this in right. mix, too. Like, yeah, eight or nine teams, all, like, within a very close margin of wins. Like, they're all at, like, 18 or 19, maybe 20 wins if they're unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, like, as close of a battle as the West seeding is. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> That is crazy to me. I mean, yeah, I'm, like, not surprised. Like, if you look at the Chicago Bulls, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, maybe not the Orlando Magic, but these two teams, the Sacramento Kings, I think these teams went into the season already knowing they were going to tank, and that's got to be bad for this for the league. Um, totally. I don't think the Phoenix Suns expected themselves to be in this spot. Uh, I don't I don't Who did they have? Who did they have going in there super excited about? True. I guess <laughs> you had Devin Booker. You could have banked his progression would have been a lot better by now. Um, I mean, you still had Tyson Chandler on that team. You had yeah. Eric Bledsoe still in the, at the start. I mean, Memphis and, and the Magic are teams that started off hot. And True. we thought, I mean, Mike Conley, like, that's just unfortunate, him getting mm-hmm. hurt for the whole season. Like, that's really the only reason why this team is terrible. But, yeah, the Magic, they just got off to a hot start, and now they're just tanking. On the, on the opposite side of things so yeah. stories from all over the place yeah so which teams do you think are like consciously tanking and which teams are just simply bad teams well the mavericks here? are definitely tanking uh, <laughs> as we decided it last week when uh mark cuban basically admitted it um, yeah yeah it's hard to say like the team, the all, a lot of these teams are actually fighting some close games that I've seen recently. Uh, the yeah. Bulls went up against the 76ers earlier in the week, and they only lost by one point. They're very competitive the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mavericks just uh, had an overtime loss to the Thunder tonight, uh, Wednesday night. Um, they're fighting hard the whole time too. A lot of these teams are having close games against playoff teams. Mm-hmm. And, but they're luckily ending up losing them. So 
it's hard to say who's actually trying to tank. They're really doing a good job of masking it. <laughs> yeah, like the yeah the Brooklyn Nets um were actually in that game against the Cavaliers, and a, a couple times they were leading in. It actually right. looked like they <laughs> might steal that win. But yeah, you're right. The Mavericks only lost by a single point in overtime today. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I feel like they're trying, like. I mean, of course the players are trying, but it's not like the coaches are, like, telling them to, like, not try either. Like, they yeah, seem very else? motivated to, like, try to win the game, which, yeah, it doesn't seem like they're trying to tank. Yeah, we're not seeing any strategic resting at this point. But um, who's the winner so far of this tankathon at this point? Oh, man. I, I got to give it to the Kings. <laughs> like... <laughs> I just th- what do they have you know like De'Aaron Fox is still like an average below average player at this point mm-hmm. he's just a rookie they're playing him a lot I mean you got Vince Carter getting minutes still like he's not terrible but he's also like 40 years old <laughs> they got like old Zach Randolph and Bogdan Bogdanovich is just not the player that they thought he'd be like right <laughs> off the bat He's Everyone was hyping spark, him up. He's had some sparks, yeah, sure. There, yeah, but, like Justin Jackson, like what Skull Lavasier, like <laughs> come on, like at least the Suns have Devin Booker, at least the Bulls have David Nwaba. <laughs> I would, I was gonna say Zach Levine or or Chris Dunn or no, oh, come on, or American dude. My man Nwaba is actually putting up some good minutes on that he's starting now and he's he, his stats they're they're pretty healthy man but are they see. winning no that's the no. point they're not supposed to he's he's doing his part on both ends he's getting the stats and they're losing yeah that's what i call strategic lineup changes you know <laughs> yeah no strategic resting but yeah they'll, they'll throw cameron Payne in there to help them lose a few games. Oh, cameron Payne, exactly so i mean the tankathon is going on but Adam Silver, Adam Silver, NBA commissioner, is not too <laughs> I happy say Adam with Sandler. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was close to that. Definitely not Adam Sandler. But <laughs> Adam <laughs> Silver <laughs> sent a memo out to the teams last week stating that the league is going to monitor closely the play of all teams during the remainder of the season to ensure there's no blatant tanking. And he goes on to Good say, and he's that. pretty... Yeah, it seems like he's he wants to come down hard on some of these teams. He said, if we ever received evidence that players or coaches were attempting to lose or otherwise taking steps to cause any game to result otherwise than on its competitive merits, that conduct would be met with the swiftest and harshest response possible from the league office. Wow. What Strong would be the words. swiftest, harshest response? Apparently, it's $600,000. If you're going to take the Mark Cuban <laughs> thing and Yeah, do yeah. Or I guess you're, you're just forced to sell the team. I don't know. Ooh, that seems a little that would be, over. That would be crazy. There's no way they could enforce that. Yeah. I mean, good, no good for him to say that, but how are you going to do that for, for real? Like, unless mm-hmm. the, the team literally says, I'm tanking, I don't see how you can prove that they are unless you've catch like a wiretap like secret meeting amongst the coaching staff being like okay we're gonna make sure we lose this game right i i'm i'm with you on that i'm not sure i mean listen like you we can it's it's kind of a weird thing because you can tell that a team is trying to tank obviously like the most apparent one last year with Eric Bledsoe arresting him. Um, some of the Lakers a couple years ago, apparently all the guys just all of a sudden got injured towards the end of the year. I'm not sure how much truth was in that. But yeah, at the end of the day, if the Adam Sindler tries to come down on things like that, it, be, it becomes lawyer talk. You know what I mean? Like right. terms like strategic resting or <laughs> yeah. Not basically that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how are you gonna say like the Phoenix Suns are tanking? They've been losing by forty points like consistently the entire season. Like, yeah. if they continue to do that, like, it's you're not gonna be able to prove that it's any different. You know, it's like, yeah, they just suck. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, look at the roster. They, it's hard for them to compete. Um, I guess you could you could assume that there's some conscious. Um, 
it's all conscious, it's purposeful that the GM isn't going out there and signing any free agents to help get one or two more wins. Yeah. And but it's hard to prove that. You can't it you is. can't you can't yeah. go into the mind of the general manager and the rest of the staff if they're not going to express anything. Obviously, right. no one wants to throw their organization under the bus either. <laughs> no way. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like I, I respect him for saying this, and I totally believe that he's like he really wants to like end tanking. Like mm-hmm. the solution isn't super clear, and I mean he's a smart guy, but it's it's gonna take like it's gonna take some kind of plan to like get tanking to stop. Yeah, um, but I respect him for at least trying. Yeah, I agree with you. And I I mean, it's like the NBA is growing so much as the league, but at the same time, sort of like these storylines or these stereotypes come out of it. And one of them that's building is that that the NBA has teams that are really good, but then it also has teams that purposely just tank. Um, and it's bad for the league as a whole. And it's bad for those organizations as well in the long term. Right. Yeah. I mean, and hey, the NBA isn't really the only one that has some problems with their system right now. Um, oh. We're going to delve into a little bit of NCAA right now. Um, talk about some of the corruption that's been taking place recently. I mean, uh, we saw that, I think it was, I mean, I'm terrible with college. I'm probably going <laughs> to butcher this, but I think is the Arizona head coach that got found out by the FBI a wiretap um, yeah. for bribing or, yeah, basically trying to bribe. Uh, recruit DeAndre Ayton to yep. play for Arizona and it got yeah. caught and now this whole scandal's just run loose. Yeah, there's a couple of big time programs on the FBI's report that they released. Um apparently there's like three thousand plus hours of just recorded phone calls from different coaches, family members and players, um agents, um sneaker representatives and all this will unfold as the as the weeks go by. I mean, it's it's an NCAA problem, but it also sneaks into the NBA a little bit. And um, a lot of players and coaches and definitely journalists and every every NBA fan kind of has their thoughts on this. Um, for me, it's always been the same thing. And it's that the NBA or this isn't entirely the NCAA's fault. And it's not entirely the players fault. It is the fault of the system. And the NBA can help that by developing some sort of development system that the players can be a part of. And and that means, I think, using the G League, um, using creating situations where younger players, some of the top young players out of high school or even like still in their 20s and 21 can play in these leagues, get paid and, and work with coaches that will help them develop. And when they're ready, then NBA teams can claim them and have them evolve into their roster and possibly earn themselves an NBA contract. Yeah, there, yeah, it's just it's so hard. I mean, mm-hmm. so Obama even spoke about this at a uh, sports analytics conference um, over last weekend, and he basically mm-hmm. said that um, the NCAA uh, or that the NBA would be smart to embrace a well-structured G League so that the NCAA is not serving as a farm system for the NBA. Uh, with a bunch of kids who are unpaid but are under enormous financial pressure, uh, was yeah. the quote from him. And, you know, it's it's so hard because the NCAA just seems like such a necessary thing. Like, you look at, like, how much popularity March Madness has brought about with all the tournament brackets and, like, how important that is to, like, the sports world. I yeah. feel like with this farm system, you'd just be completely – or, yeah, with this, like, G League – uh, solution you're just taking completely away from that like the tournament would mean nothing if you're not looking at like the next level like the what the next nba talent's gonna be um yeah but but to, to answer that i mean that's that's almost the same reason why you want to set up some sort of system away from the ncaa because the tournament has gotten so big and it's bringing in so much revenue that it's it's sad it's sad really that the that the that this this amount of money really falls into the hands of the NCAA and the coaches and none of it trickles down to the actual players that are helping generate this money and granted also I think it's important to note that if there were sort of like this development league that's forms with the G League the players that actually deserve to get paid are a tiny amount compared to the rest of the student athlete body um, that the NCAA helps uh, you know 
produce sports for like most of those players in the March Madness tournament. Um, they're they're just college students that love to play the game, but there are yeah. a point five percent of them or one percent <laughs> of them that essentially just shouldn't be there. They're just they're too they really are just they're too good for the for college basketball. They should be in some sort of development system where they're getting paid for their service. I think, or at least they should get a fair share of the March Madness tournament money. Yeah, no, I I think yeah that should be it. They should get a share of the money. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know, like, what the NBA's beef is with giving students money. I'm, I'm not sure. Is it just greed? Is that the only reason? Like, they just want all the money for themselves, and they feel students aren't entitled to things. Like, if you're gaining revenue from a person, like, you should be paying that person. Like, right. I'm not trying to make it so, like, all, like, all sports get paid money because, like, track and field cross country that's not making any money for your school so you don't have to pay us anything but yeah basketball if you're gonna make so much money off of merchandise and ticket sales and everything tv sponsorships like these the kids deserve a little bit of that especially because a lot of them come from such hard childhoods and like such hard situations where they just don't have a lot to get by with and so they have to go to the NBA immediately to make their money so they can help support their family. Um, you can keep them in college longer if you pay them, you know, and they'll get an education out of it too. Like, I don't know. I don't see the negative of that. Yeah. I mean, the big, the big negative, I guess, is just, like I said, it really, the guys who deserve to, well, you, what you could do is you could obviously agree on a stipend for any, I think you can do, this would be a solution to basically, the tournament. I think you can agree to a stipend for maybe, or like everybody that qualifies for the tournament gets a certain flat fee amount of money. I guess you could say like every athlete that qualifies for the March Madness tournament gets a thousand bucks or something okay. like that. But I still don't think that solves the problem of their of like a Ben Simmons, the Kyrie Irvings of the world, who in the free market system, these kids could make a million dollars alone. <laughs> so I mean, true. if they go to Europe as an eighteen year old, they can sign like. A contract from anywhere from eight hundred thousand to a million dollars, um, and yeah, I do think, we know how much the Ball brothers are making on their contract? I'm not sure what that number is, but I'm sure it's somewhere around thirty k, maybe fifty k. Yeah, but a decent living, yeah, yeah, it's a lot more than what they would make in the NCAA. Um, so I still think the NBA should step in there for these. Again, it's a very very small percentage, but nonetheless, basketball has just gotten so big that these even despite the small pool of kids, they're still worth so much money or they can, or they generate <laughs> yeah. so much money on their own, just on their ability yeah. to play basketball. And I think they deserve to be able to jump into something like the G league and, and make what, make what they deserve. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I, mm-hmm. I have no problems with that. Uh, you, you've convinced me. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't care about the tournament that much, but like, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, the tournament wouldn't have to go away. I, like I said, we're talking like, I mean, you can basically. It just wouldn't be that cool anymore, you know? Right. Like, you're you not watching that. the best talent. Yeah, you're not watching the best young talent. You're watching the second best. Yeah. Like, that's that's fine, but I don't really care. That's, yeah. I mean, it's not like the best guys really. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns didn't, he didn't make the March Madness tournament final. Ben Simmons didn't even make the tournament. Markel, Markel Fultz. Fultz didn't make the tournament. Uh, Andrew Wiggins didn't make the final. What did they got out on the second round? Yeah. I mean, the list goes on. Like, essentially, the excitement of the tournament, like the final, I don't think it'll lose as much as you think if you take out, you know, really probably 15 kids, the 10 kids. I think that deserve to honestly go into something like the G, a G League system that pays them upwards of five hundred, a half a million to a yeah, million dollars. I mean, yeah, I guess when you think about it, there really isn't that many kids that are like huge draft prospects. Mm-hmm. Like maybe twenty at most, you know. Like, right. Like last year's draft was super deep. Apparently, this year it's going to be really deep again. But you're going to look back and be like, oh yeah, only like. 10 or 10 15 of those kids made it 10 years in the nba you know yeah i mean you'll always have the kid who's like like a kyle kuzma you know he actually went all four years like he probably was not ready to hit the nba or maybe even go to an nba development league at the age of 18 19 or 20 so the ncaa system worked well for him 
Um, right. And I think that that speaks true to a lot of those kids. But again, the little that top percent that just happened to hit the gene lottery, <laughs> um, you know, I think that there should be another system for them. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe mm-hmm. Lavar's team, maybe Lavar's league that he was yeah. talking about. <laughs> the big baller league or yeah, what? It's probably the big baller league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how about this? Kawhi Leonard now switching back to the NBA. Kawhi Leonard heard Greg Popovich's message maybe clear. All right. Maybe yeah. people saying. Or he's sick of the media talking about him. Yeah. He heard the message clear that he needed a return back to San Antonio. And he's there working out yet again, um, targeting a return potentially in late March, which is good. As we were just mentioning, LaMarcus Aldridge just went down today. Yeah, but I mean, late March, that's still three or four weeks of games right there. Um, If Mm -hmm. LaMarcus misses two or three of those, I I don't really know the severity of his sprain. Like, if he misses two or three of those, that that could be pretty scary for them, especially uh, with only a few games left in the season at that point uh, to muster whatever they have left and to get Kawhi into game shape. um, He's so weird, man. Why has he got to be so weird? I know. I he don't just know. seemed like the most level-headed, like normal NBA All-Star superstar type. You know, like no drama, no nothing. Yeah, the crazy thing is this: this situation doesn't have to be as weird as it is. Um, and what I mean by that is, if Kawhi Leonard would just give an interview or just he speak do publicly, <laughs> which he doesn't do, he doesn't, no. he hasn't done it, and it's kind of left everybody sort of like shrouded in mystery and because of that we all make up our own theories and rumors about what's going on yeah he's not gonna he's not gonna come out and say anything yeah so it it leaves it so that alone leaves it for storylines like Kawhi Leonard hates the Spurs now or (laughs) Kawhi Leonard wants to make his way out of San Antonio it allows storylines like that to breed when you don't come out and just I mean, just be clear about what's going on. I don't, or just simply say, "Hey, like I'm, I'm still hurting. I'm still uncomfortable." Yeah, which, I don't which feel like I'm ready to come like back. The case. Like it just seems that simple, you know? Yeah. Like just because a guy's agree. medically cleared doesn't mean he can play. For say, I mean, it, I feel like whenever they are medically cleared, they do play because that's just how NBA players are. They're hyper competitive. They don't want to miss any time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I really hope that he does come back. Like. It, there's been a little bit of a void uh, with a guy that was a top three MVP candidate last year, not even playing this season, just a few games. Yeah, I mean, the San Antonio Spurs with Kawhi Leonard were always, at least for the last seven years, have been part of that um, that Texas race between them and the Rockets against the Warriors. So without him there... it it sort of just has created a Western conference of the Rockets versus the Warriors without really a real third team there to challenge mm-hmm. them. Man, it would be quite the story if Kawhi came back and like took took it to the Warriors and the Rockets in the playoffs. Oh. That would be something. Yeah. I want to see that. I mean, let's not forget the San Antonio Spurs actually won the first game against the Warriors in that Western conference final before this man that we're going to talk about next. Well, they didn't even win that game because <laughs> oh, of this they man. were up. They lost. Right. They were up by like twenty six points. That's right. Yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, and we're gonna we're They're... gonna talk about this guy, Zaja <laughs> Pachulia. <laughs> I hate this guy, dude. Uh, I don't. I don't want to use that term, but like, I just think that he is trying to make people's lives miserable and as a <laughs> decent human being that just irks me yeah hey i'll say i'll play a devil's advocate to you here so i mean the warrior um his warrior teammates obviously warrior players have come out saying that zaza's a i mean they've come out and said this numerous times that zaza's a clumsy guy he's a goofy guy <laughs> he's not very well coordinated and i mean after i mean i've watched zaza for a couple years in the NBA, he was on that that Atlanta Hawks team back was like seven, eight years ago. He was on yeah. that team a couple of times when they made it to the playoffs. Like four or five years ago, I don't even know. 
Yeah, and he he he's never been the most coordinated guy or the most skilled big guy. He's definitely a guy who really just puts effort in there and plays hard defense. So yeah, there's but no one was that. talking about this before. No <laughs> one was talking about this before. This is an inside job. The Warriors have hired Zaza Pachulia to be their hitman. <laughs> and they're of course they're gonna defend him and say, Oh yeah, he's just clumsy. He might be clumsy because his brain's only half on all the time. <laughs> but he, you can like sure, Nick Young hooked him in the back of his leg. But the way he fell, like you don't have to fall like that on Russell Westbrook. Like it was it seemed clear to me that he was trying to fall on Westbrook's knee. Like Yeah. Even if he was on his way down, like he tried to put the full force of his fat, stupid butt onto <laughs> Russell Westbrook's knee. And that just makes me so angry. Like, I'm, I am a basketball fan, and I want to watch the best players play. And if this yeah. stupid idiot that doesn't belong in the NBA is out <laughs> here trying to take out all the best players, kick him out of the league. Like, I don't want to see him. Like, no one will miss him. No one will care. Just kick him out. He has plenty of money to live unless he's an idiot and bankrupts himself, which he probably would, but that's not our problem. <laughs> what a, that's a hot take right there. That's a big take. Um, is that what you see the <laughs> NBA doing? If you were commissioner, is, you can't do are it. Are you kicking him out of the league? He'd probably like, lawyer up or something stupid, and some guy with a brain would actually talk for him. But, yeah. Like, it's, it's just, I'm so sick of seeing him. Like, on an NBA court. Like, I just want him to retire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he was, if he did have a malicious intent, like, that just, that's it's bogus. Terrible. And that it's, sucks. It's that's awful. terrible. It's everything. Um, But it's, it's hard. I mean, how is the NBA going to really, I guess they can't prove malicious intent, but what they can do is, I mean, how would they, how would they frame him if they wanted to come down on him without labeling it as a fine for his malicious intent? Yeah, because it's not just, a flagrant foul. There's just no easy way to do it, you know. Like, yeah, just be like oh, I fell because my brain is turned off all the time. <laughs> when my brain turns off, I fall down on the ground. <sighs> yeah, the NBA would have to. They would take a big step in recalling this a malicious intent. I think because. It is it is defendable, I guess. Like Zaza can claim that he simply just tripped. But unfortunately, yeah. if if he's if he is being honest, it does look like he did have the intent to fall purposely on Russell Westbrook's leg and Someone potentially just injure go up him. And like the the Thunder should just send in like one of their bench players and just clock Zaza Pachulia like right at the beginning of the game. He gets kicked out of the game. That's fine. Just clock him. Just knock him out. You know? Like, why risk Russell Westbrook getting hurt? Just hurt Zaza. No one will care. <laughs> Just bring it back to the bad boy Pistons days. Yes. I mean, that's basically someone's what gotta, they were doing. Someone's got to put this man in his place. I mean, at that point, why wouldn't you just do that to Durant or Curry? Then you'd give yourself no, a bigger chance I of winning watch, the game. No, because you want to <laughs> win honestly. You want to win honestly. You want to watch the best players play. No one wants to watch Zaza Pachulia play. No one's going to care. <laughs> All right. I don't – well, the, the final line for me there is I don't know if the NBA is actually going to punish this. I don't think so. It's hard to do that without actually – accusing him of malicious attend and yeah. i don't think the nba is gonna do that i know i know <laughs> it's just uh okay let's go to the best performances of the week yeah let's do Who's it first up of course it's anthony davis how could it not be anthony davis <laughs> this man I mean, we already talked about him before 53 points 17 rebounds three assists a steal five blocks and only one turnover in a game against the Suns, where the Suns were actually winning a lot of that game, and Anthony Davis brought him back. Wow. It goes back. The Suns are, maybe they're not tanking. Maybe they're just a bad team. That's what I'm saying. It's like all these teams are trying to win, and they just, they don't, and it's good for them. But, yeah, Yeah. Anthony Davis, man, he is something special. Yeah, how about this guy, Brandon Ingram, man? I like this one. 
Yeah, he has the pressure of Los Angeles on top of him. I mean, he's he had some harsh criticisms from fans last year. Alonzo Ball got some of that in the first half this year too. But even to start his second this second year, he wasn't playing very well and he was hearing it from fans. Um, but he pulled together a good performance and the rest of the Lakers squad is also closing this second half of the season very well. But 21 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 blocks and only 3 quarters against the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Another <laughs> bad another team. Tanker. Or but, tanker. Yeah, it's the Hawks, but like... Brandon Ingram's showing really good signs as yeah. only a second year player mm-hmm. uh, has has a lot of confidence and man if if he can just keep improving on the trajectory that he's on right now like that's really exciting like to pair him with hopefully the Lakers can get at least one superstar player to pair yeah. him and the rest of that young Lakers core with a with a star veteran player like that's exciting to think about like it's finally time for the Lakers to like start getting competitive again. Yeah, it's it's time. It's it's getting closer. If they finish uh, with that ninth, with that ten seed this year, it's got to look even better for next year. Unless out of nowhere, these this Western Conference gets even better. Somehow they steal even more stars from the East. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Who who would even leave? I don't know. Maybe Giannis will come to LA. All that tampering charges against Magic Johnson proved to be true. But yeah, they got their boy anyway. That would be a story. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that would be. But how about Steph Curry from the Bay going 44 points, uh, 6 rebounds, 10 assists on 14 of 19 shooting, and 8 for 11 from 3 against the Clippers. Yep, I was actually at this game uh, mm-hmm. in Golden State. And, man, it, it was an exciting game. Uh, the Clippers actually kept it close until the end, but we could just not stop Steph Curry he was on a yep. mission that night and they kept switching. They kept getting the switch to DeAndre Jordan guarding him, which is definitely <laughs> a large part of the reason he had such a good game. Like there's just no way, you know? Yeah. Um, but he was shooting lights out. Um, he made a, what was it? Like a half court shot at the end of the first quarter. Uh, wow. as a buzzer beater. Yeah. It, yeah. He just, it, it was one of those Steph Curry nights, you know? It's just funny how this just becomes routine or like it's like, oh, he hit another half court shot. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like, no big deal. Like he probably does it in practice like 10 to 15 times anyway. Yeah. Like going eight for 11. Like that's just unreal. Like it's crazy. that he, And he he's done this a couple times this year now where he'll he'll have a ridiculous three point shooting percentage like this. Yeah. It's just pedestrian for him. It's man. Yeah, we just could not stop him. He closed that game for them, too. We brought to within two. He made their last two buckets to really seal that game. So all around, really good performance for him. Yeah. And um, we got to give a shout-out to LeBron James, averaging yeah. a triple-double in the month of February. Uh, that's really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, yeah, that's the it. The man can still play. <laughs> so how about on the flip side, the worst performances of the week? I don't even know if I know who this guy is. Darius oh, yeah, Miller. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know what five. team? Do you know Darius Miller? What team he plays for? No, I you know, take a guess. Darius Miller. He sounds like a. He sounds like a. I want to say a Brooklyn <laughs> Ned, but he's not on that team. No, no. He sounds like a Chicago Bull for some reason. No, sorry, it's a New Orleans Pelican. Oh, you know what? I should have known this. I saw his name on the waiver wire in fantasy basketball. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you didn't pick him up because yeah. he shot zero for five from the field. All of those were threes that he missed <laughs> uh, with three free throws were his only points to go with two turnovers in 25 minutes against the Heat. Well, there you go. That's why Anthony Davis has to, has to score 40-plus night in and night out. He's <laughs> <laughs> not getting any help. Yeah. Then you got Devin Harris going one for seven from the field, oh for six from oh. three point to finish with three points and four fouls. That Seventeen is, minutes versus the Spurs. That's a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, and you don't see this guy's name too often, but yeah, here he is, Paul George. Big one. One for fourteen, one for nine from three, five points, five rebounds, three assists, uh, four fouls against the Warriors and what was um a big blowout. It was I was really hyped for this game and 
we just yeah. got nothing. It wasn't it was I thought it was pretty close like midway through the third quarter, if I remember, and then the Warriors just started blowing them out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bad one. Man, Paul George, you don't he seems so consistent like all the time like this is not a guy you'd expect to be a worst performance of the week candidate any, <laughs> like at any point in the season. Yeah. But hey, they're getting some help. They're getting Corey Brewer apparently oh, um, in yeah. the latest buyout <laughs> candidate that just got released to the market. So, I mean, he's not he, he's not a game changer, but no. he'll fill a, a much needed spot um, in terms of having a guy come off the bench and play that three position, four position, or the two. It's better what than they have as far as depth goes. Are you, yeah. are you sad to see Corey Brewer leave the Lakers? Um, not really. Yeah, I kind of so. didn't really need him. <laughs> He's a, <laughs> no. he seems, he's a good player. He's a fun player to have on your team, but I think he's a lot funner if your team's actually like in playoff contention, I think, because every playoff contending team needs a dude that comes out of the off the bench and just plays with a ton of energy. Yeah. And, and the Lakers just don't really need somebody like that, or he's just not as fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just an unfortunate situation for him because, I mean, he still can ball. Like, he's still a good player, <laughs> but the Lakers are just trying to develop their young guys. They don't even ask Luol Deng to show up to practice at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, yeah, they're not trying to play anyone that's above 30 years old. So, no. I mean, Corey Brewer could definitely contribute on the floor, but uh, that's not the Lakers' MO. So good to see him go off to a playoff team. Playoff yeah. Defender. Yeah, how about this? Malik Monk going 0 for 5, 1 oh. foul, and getting only 6 minutes against the <laughs> Pistons. I mean, six minutes is honestly a lot for him, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, this is a rookie that we thought was going to potentially be, like, a, a sleeper, like a dark yeah. horse for uh, being one of the best rookies to come out of this class. And he just gets no playing time at all. Apparently, he's atrocious at defense. I, I haven't even really seen him play. Mm-mm. But you give him six minutes of time to really show something, you know, and he, he just shoots a bunch of bricks and, <laughs> and yeah, nothing. Sad. Yeah, it's unfortunate for him. Not really sure what's going on in that situation. You thought you would think he would get a lot more playing time than he does, especially since the Hornets. Well, they've been better as of late, they're, they're, but yeah, they're actually they're trying to get that play, in that playoff position still. Yeah, I would hope that he would have beaten out Michael Carter Williams for some more playing time, but I guess they're not. They're he's not it's seeing not eye to a eye good with fit. that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is, but. Yeah, I feel I feel for the guy, man. Like I feel like this is just like gonna be an early exit out of the NBA for him, and he'll just end up on a G League team probably. Hopefully, it doesn't go that far. Well, like what? Like what signs do you see that he'd even like True. get signed by another NBA team after this? Like he's not even playing. What could happen? I mean, what probably could happen if he doesn't produce is. They just don't exercise his option, and I, I, am hopeful that I think some team will take a one-year risk on him. I just, I don't see the upside. You know, like it's not like you're taking a flyer on a guy that's like high, mm-hmm. high reward. Like at most, he gives you like decent role player at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Like we'll he, see. He'll have to, he'll have to go to the G League, I think, and really prove himself at that level before mm-hmm. he gets called back up again. We'll see how that plays out for him. Um, how about these teams that are on fire right now? Anthony Davis again. The New Orleans Pelicans, six-game winning streak, now fighting their way back Spurs into play. Win, right? Oh, right, yeah. Seven. Yeah. They just beat the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> and yeah. talking can't about say Mal- enough about Anthony Davis, huh? <laughs> yeah, got to keep bringing him up. But, uh, I mean, and then these guys again, the Charlotte Hornets, we just mentioned him. We much, we just mentioned them. Five-game winning streak with no help from Malik Monk. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> really, a lot of there is coming from Dwight Howard and Kimball Walker. Dwight Howard finding his stride again in the NBA, um, really going averaging like 15 points and close to like 18 rebounds during this stretch. Cause wow. The dude's just on fire, man. Yeah, that's incredible. And I mean, Kemba's really showing he deserved that all-star spot. Like, he earned that spot. Yeah. But this dude, he's he's really good. I mean, they, they have some decent role players there. Nick Batum and Jeremy Lamb can play if they feel like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So the question now would be is if whether or not this team can sneak their way back into the playoffs. 
It's a stretch. Uh, they're currently five games or four and a half games behind the Miami Heat. Yeah, that's a lot to make up. So, I don't yeah, know. Do you think like, that they can do it? I don't know. Very unlikely. You got twenty. You got they got roughly twenty one games left. They are yeah. in the Eastern Conference. I just, I just don't see them really making a huge surge after this streak. Like this is their push, and they like got kind of mm-hmm. close, but. Four and a half games seems like it's not a lot, but in reality, like that's a hard gap to make up. Yeah. Yeah, and they still got to jump the Pistons as well, who who are right in front of them. Yeah, the Pistons aren't going anywhere though. They're yeah, they man, what happened to them? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I don't. It's unlikely. I don't see it happening. But hey, that's a good way for them to close uh, out their fighting. season. They're definitely yeah. not tanking. No, definitely not. But then how about these guys, the Houston Rockets? I put 15 games in a row because I basically <laughs> think they're going to win against the Clippers well, tonight. Well, or wait, the, wait. I'm going to check. Or right did they now. win? Okay, did yeah, they, they win won, this game? They won by 13. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not, that means the Clippers made somewhat of a run at some point. <laughs> sort of, maybe. Unless like the Rockets just stopped trying at the end. <laughs> yeah, but 15 games in a row, and um, James Harden thinks this is the year that they make a run for it. He was quoted as saying, this is the year for sure. And the Houston Rockets sure. are holding on to that number one seed against the Warriors. They're holding on to it tightly as they only have a half-game lead. But nonetheless, if they get home court advantage in that's the playoffs, big. is this big against oh, the Warriors? That's extremely big. Like Home court advantage means so much. Like, playing in Oracle Arena is just an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I went there for the first time on Thursday, and, like, those fans are so obnoxious, for one. And also, <laughs> like, when it gets close, it gets loud. Like, yeah. when the Clippers started making a run, like, the fans definitely helped out in getting the Warriors to finish that game off. Like, it was crazy in there. Like, those fans are rowdy. And I would not want to be an opposing team playing in that arena. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a big one for sure. And it's exciting. I mean, somebody's actually really challenging the Warriors. And even this late in the season, I mean, signs point that the Rockets m- could hold on and walk away with that number one seed in- heading into the playoffs, which it might end up being the reason they p- pull off an upset, possibly. Yeah, I just uh, the Warriors are so good though, dude. Mm-hmm. Especially in the playoffs, man. Like they they've given up a few games in the regular season, almost as just like to rest themselves mentally. I feel. Yeah. Like and it, and it sucks. Like because the regular season you want to see them like try every game, but like you, you see like Steve Kerr like lets them coach one game, or like they just <laughs> get blown out by thirty by the Jazz just just for kicks. Like this is all this none of that is gonna happen in the playoffs. Like you yeah. have to, you have to get lucky against them. Like they, they are the team to beat still, even if the Rockets do have home court advantage. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, Rockets get home court advantage. I'm still not betting against the Warriors. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure that the Vegas odds would agree with you on that too. Yeah, especially if Chris Paul keeps committing these turnovers by <laughs> high fiving James Hart by high fiving James Harden's mom. Um, yeah, that was such a great game. moment. I, I don't know. <laughs> I did not know that was a rule. You can't high five a fan when you're in when you're on the court uh, during the game. I guess yeah. Chris Paul's just dribbling around. You know, the game was over. He's just standing there. James Harden's mom wants to say good job and give him a high five. Unfortunately, that means he had to turn the ball over. But it didn't really <laughs> I mean, matter for the game. But like, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the mom's out out of bounds. She's technically something that's out of bounds you know yeah. her, <laughs> yeah. then she transfers what... her out of boundsness over to Chris Paul <laughs> yeah it's the similar to stepping outside of the line basically yeah I, I doubt he has any hard feelings towards her though or, yeah I'm sure he for- has forgiven her for that yeah. blunder 
I agree too. Um, but just to go ahead and close it off, I just wanted to give a shout out to LeBron James, who became the yeah. first player to reach thirty thousand points, eight thousand assists, and eight thousand rebounds. Oof. Um, and also, and also became the oldest player to average a triple double for a month for an entire month. LeBron James, at thirty three years old, um, averaging twenty seven point eight points per game, nine point three assists per game, eight point two rebounds, all while shooting fifty six percent from the field. I mean. Wow. This guy is still proving that he wants to knock on that door of possibly the greatest of all time. Um, Michael Jordan at 33, 29 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds on 48% shooting. So the numbers, to me, lean on LeBron James (laughs) (laughs) at 33. Hot take again. Hot take. Keep keep him coming. Yeah, Yeah, good job, LeBron, though. Like. The, you're you're definitely in the com- in the conversation as much as people want to hold on to Michael Jordan being the goat. LeBron yeah. James definitely gets his name mentioned in the same sentence. I agree. I think so. Um, well, yeah. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe or follow us on SoundCloud, and also uh, check us out on a lot of the other platforms. We're on Google Play, uh, TuneIn, and soon to be Spotify. We're Crossing my fingers that. there. We're gonna yes. get there. <laughs> awesome. Have a good week, guys.